My best friends are all drag queens. Miss Tess Tickle and Miss Emma Royd. I should have been on top of the world. I was just like, oh, what is happening? This is so scary. Dad used to hide behind the bathroom door and he would pretend to have fell down the plug hole. Help, help, I'm down the plug hole. This is Show on the Road, brought to you by Autotrader. We're driving famous faces on a personalised road trip, visiting the places that help shape them and hearing how the locations turn them into who they are today. We've matched each celebrity with a car chosen specifically for them. So, join me, Alex Leguie, as we get this show on the road. In 2013, Channel 4 launched Gogglebox, a hit TV show that launched the career of today's guest. I am in Bishop Auckland in County Durham, which is where the lovely Scarlett Moffat was born and still lives as an adult. The I'm a Celebrity Queen of the Jungle lives just a few miles from the town and I'm very excited for her to show us around an area that she is really proud of. We've matched her with a Rover 25, a 2005 old school car that I think we will find reminds her very much of her youth. Oh, look at her little Rover. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, I feel like a girl racer again. Hello. <laughs> oh, this is so cute. This is so cute. So this was um, so my who I'm having my baby to, my yeah. boyfriend. Uh, we've known each other since we were like kids, and his first ever car was a Rover Twenty Five. I love that. Yeah, it was so cute. I used to love it. I was gutted <laughs> when he got rid of it. It's Aww. 18 years old. Must have been one of the last Rovers ever produced. Yeah, it's really hard to get to get them now. Yeah. They're like proper niche. Yeah. Because I always say, like, maybe if he's like 50th or 60th, I would love to get him one. You know, like, just so we could reminisce on when we were like 17 and he used to pick us up from the town. Oh, this is so, this is bringing back so many memories. And now... I'm having a little baby with him. That's mad, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it's really mad. What sort of memories is it bringing back? Like I used to have like a, is it called a subwoof? Right, sub yeah, subwoofer, yeah. Yeah, in the back, and we used to just play like happy hardcore music. Like <laughs> it would be like MC, and there was like these MCs called like DJ Rankin, and they'd be like, go, go, giddy, giddy, go, giddy, giddy, go, and we'd just have the music blasting. It was like <laughs> the best thing ever when you were like 17. Yeah. Before we get going, you are obviously heavily pregnant right now. Yeah. Um, how many months? Oh, I never work it. It's. Well, this is the thing. Everyone thinks women are pregnant nine months, but it's, it's actually not. ten. I know. Why are we downplaying this? I know. This needs to stop. And it feels like a lot more it than ten. It feels like five years I've been pregnant. Yeah, I agree. So technically, we should just say it's five years and it just happens yeah. to happen in ten months. <laughs> but I'm 31 weeks. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel ready? Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone ever feel ready? I don't know. No, not at all. <laughs> Have you had any random cravings? Um. Well... Grated cheese. Right. Like, specifically just the texture. Not even eating it, just feeling it. No. Yeah, like, just wanting to feel grated cheese. Wow. But then I'd eat it after. I don't want to waste food and that. Yeah. Um, honeydew melons. Okay. Something I never yeah. really knew I liked that much. But, I mean, in my first trimester, I was sometimes having three melons a day. Yeah. Okay. You couldn't move an hour I was for melons. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, this is a weird one, but bacon and banana... 
but it works. So you just wrap a little rasher of bacon round it, wow. <laughs> which isn't the most healthy. So I try to not have many bacon covered bananas because you know. I guess that's sort of like the like when you have pancakes with bacon and yeah. maple syrup. It's sort of that sweet, yeah. sour. We'll go with that. That thing. makes it sound normal, yeah. then. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. Yeah, it's normal to wrap your bananas in bacon. bacon, and bacon. Banana. Yeah. I mean, the image is taking me. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine me eating that with only in my pants with a blanket wrapped round us. Scott is a lucky man. <laughs> you were born here. You grew up here. Yeah, County Durham, and I feel like. It's funny because if you're not from the north, you assume that Manchester is north. Yeah. And people are like, oh, did you pop to Manchester? Manchester's like three hours away on a train. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. So I class Manchester as south. Really? Yeah. I, th- I feel like you're only true north when you get to like Leeds, Yorkshire. Yeah. Then you've hit the north, yeah. I feel. <laughs> yeah. But I'm excited to show you about. Yeah. I'm very excited to be here. You've obviously spent... Well, and we'll delve into that a little bit of time in London. But can do you notice a massive difference between the south and the north, or the I, southern? I hate stereotyping, yeah. but it is like a different world, London. Is it it re- I remember going down, <laughs> and it, you've just got so much choice there. I remember the first ever time I went to London, I was only twenty-one because yeah. I'd never I'd never been to London before. Like all the telly stuff sort of started, and I went for a meeting. And I just wanted a cup of tea and some toast, which you would th- is a really simple order up north. I'll just have a cup of tea and some toast. They were like, do you want sourdough? Bear in mind, I was only 21. They were like, do you want sourdough, oat, brow? Then they were like, do you want salted butter, unsalted? I was like, I, I don't know. I didn't even know that was a thing. Then the amount of types of tea you could get was ridiculous. <laughs> and then the milk options, I was like, in the end, I just went, look, I, I just want milk from a cow. I don't know, like, <laughs> what it's called down here, but I just want milk from a cow. Just any type of bread with some of Because I was, like, starting to, like... Then you overthink it, and then you actually can't make a decision because there's too much choice, right? And then, because, again, avocados weren't really a thing up here until, like, a few years ago... <laughs> I remember putting a picture on my Instagram and my friend Billy ringing us and going, why have you got guacamole on your breakfast? And I was like, what? She was like, why have you got fajita sauce on your... I was like, no, it's avocados. It's a thing down here, yeah? It's just a vegetable. Off we go. So tell me about Bishop Auckland. Why is this such a lovely place? I mean, well, for me, it's just home, really. And this is where... All of my family are. I feel like home sort of, for me, is where my family is. Because we're like the Geordie Von Trapps, really. We're very, <laughs> we're a very close family. So, like, all of us live within, like, five miles, like, yeah, five minutes nice. away from each other. The furthest person's, like, ten miles away. It's going to really help uh, having your family so close when you give birth. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Everyone's already, like, I feel like I could write a rotor. Yeah, yeah. When people well, are going to look after him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Although he might come and I might not want to share him with anyone. I well, don't know that. how I'm going to be. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. Because Scott seems to think he's like, oh, we can go on a date night once a week. I'm like, once a week? I think you're pushing it there. Yeah. But I mean, so if you're from County Durham as well, which mm-hmm. is Bishop Auckland. So up north, we all have like names. So if you're from Middlesbrough, you're a Smoggy. If you're from Newcastle, you're a Geordie. Sunderland's Mackham. 
And if you're from County Durham, you're a pit yakka. A pit yakka? Yeah, pit yakka, because basically the, this is like, it's just lot. Basically, County Durham is just a collection of mining villages yeah. and mining towns. So, yeah, we're called Little Pit Yakkers. Yeah, it's very industrial area. But it's so it's just so lovely. The people are so friendly up here. I think that was the main difference when I moved down to London. Not saying Londoners aren't friendly, yous are. But it's just that sense of community that felt like it was missing. Like, you know, all your neighbours around here, if there's like... I don't know, if it's heavy snow or whatever, everyone goes round and... A bit like the olden days, like, just people make stew and send it to your house and make sure you're all all right and stuff. Like, it's hard to feel lonely up north. So we're actually in Shildon now. Right, OK. So this is how close all the towns are together. Yeah. So this is actually... So I was born in Bishop Auckland and then we moved to Shildon from when I was like one year old until I was about 11. Oh right, okay, yeah. so really strong like formative memories. Yeah, and this is like really well known for trains. Right. Um, Hang on, double, double duck industrial estate. And, then we, and we also just drove past Bluebell Road or something like Everything that. Everything sounds like it's from a fairy tale. It really does. Doesn't it? Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> and we are actually almost, or we're on our way to your primary school. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Hackworth Yeah, Timothy Hackworth Primary. Timothy Hackworth, he, like, basically changed the whole of Shildon in the 18th century because he built a big place where, like, people could sort of make parts for trains and stuff. So he, like, really helped the area and give people lots of jobs. But there's, like... I don't know even if this is true history, but this is what we were taught at primary school. There was um, George Stevenson and Timothy Hackworth, and they both entered a competition to see who could build a steam train to, like, carry stuff. Right. And Timothy Hackworth lost. Yeah, and that's the school I went to, the loser one. (laughs) (laughs) Sign of things to come, who knows? (laughs) Oh, here it is to the right. So what was little Scarlet like? Oh, she could eat an apple through a letterbox (laughs) (laughs) and had a proper monobrow. Yeah, school, do you know, primary school was really, I found, I loved primary. Secondary was where it was hard for me, but I've got nothing but sort of, like, fond memories of primary school. Yeah, that's good. What If I'd have been a fly on the wall when you were at primary school, what would you have been like? Just a proper geek. Really? Yeah, like a proper, proper geek. Like, I loved just, like, learning about just anything. Like, I would do extra homework. I once remember in year six, um, us learn, learning about this. Sounds how boring I was. This is uh, shows I didn't have many friends about farm diversification, and I wrote. My mum still got it a sixty-page sort of like, just booklet. It had a contents page, a glossary, and everything. No one asked me to do it. That's how I chose. <laughs> As an eleven-year-old. That's that was where I got my kicks. Wow. Yeah, that's was... cute. And then at the back there was like a huge field and it was always nice like so on a sunny day they opened the gates for the field and we would all play things like bulldog and oh, yeah. like yeah until it got banned. Yeah. It always ends up that's getting right. banned. Yeah, uh stick in the mud and like yeah. 
Did you ever play Kiss Cuddle or Chasey? Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think it was just Kiss Chase. I think we avoid... I didn't bother yeah. with the cuddles, although <laughs> <laughs> I went straight in there. <laughs> you used to love Kiss Cuddle Chasey. used to love all that sort of stuff. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you call yourself a geek. So were you quite shy or not? Were you quite... I wasn't shy, but I just, from an early age, realised that, like, my interests were a lot different to my friends. So, like, I think it comes from my dad. Me and my dad are really close. Mm. And, like, when I was, like, from the age of five, we would go metal detecting and we would... Yeah, and we would go and do, like, Civil War reenactments where we would get to, like, dress up and go to Binchester Fort and dress as Romans. Um, And, like, he was really into, like, aliens. Oh, so, so that's where your alien love yeah. and conspiracy theory So I, I would came come from. into school and so me and my dad would take a notepad and we'd take our Labrador Glen for a walk, just at Double Duck Industrial Estates actually, uh, down the road. And yeah, we would just, I'd go into school and I'd be like, I've seen a crop circle. No. And I'd, yeah, and like, obviously kids were like, oh. Ah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of my friends went to like the Scouts and stuff like yeah. that and the Brownies. Whereas I was out metal detecting and I love as a that. Roman. Did you ever find anything quite exciting? Oh, we did actually find once, um, but you have to hand them back in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Annoying. Yeah, we found like a coin from the 16th century, which I remember like, I think we spoke about that for a year. Like everyone we met would be like, we found this coin. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it was really, yeah, it was like a big thing. I remember that being like a big moment in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I a lot of the times we just found like buttons just stuff yeah oh, I really like the idea of like finding something really really random oh I'd love that imagine yeah, yeah. I mean just like to find something that was worth actual yeah. like dollar and not having to give it back as yeah. well yeah rather than just like tins of fosters and yeah. buttons which is what we found most of the time but <laughs> I think it was just spending time with me dad that I enjoyed to yeah. be fair it was just fun <laughs> we've cut the primary skills because like I drive past it all the time but I never really like like think about it do you yeah. know what I mean so it's quite nice to sort of like have a little stuff and remember it I remember I'm still like friends with so my best friend at primary was called Rosie and every Friday we used to go to her house and her dad used to make us pancakes and he'd have rhubarb in his garden mm-hmm. and he'd give us a cup of sugar and some sticks of rhubarb and then we'd eat that, obviously be buzzing because we'd had that much sugar yeah. um, and then make dance routines up to like oh. steps and yeah. Oh, and so you're still it. friends with Rosie now? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. And Sarah, who I was good friends with at primary, I mean... We, I'm like godmother to her children oh, now really? and we live together at university, yeah. So has it changed your school? Does Do you know what? It exactly the same. <laughs> it looks exactly the same. <laughs> I remember that, that little shelter thing used to be where you put your bikes, but then they changed it and we all had to have a vote. Oh. It was my first little dabble in politics <laughs> of like having a vote and it was either going to be made into a quiet area or it was going to be made into where, like, it was going to have, like, little swings and stuff. And apparently, everyone voted for it to be a quiet area. Oh. And that's when I learned politics could be rigged. Because there's no way... <laughs> yeah, there's no a way that children... eight to 11-year-olds no. went, now we don't want swings to tell you what, we'll have a quiet area. <laughs> that's so true, isn't it? <laughs> Not, I don't know anybody that voted for it. <laughs> but Timothy Ackworth, it, you know, they say that it was all fair. <laughs> <laughs> But I actually um, 
trained to be a primary school teacher. That's what I did at university. So I feel like actually that I owe that school a lot because if I didn't go on to do primary school teaching at university, I wouldn't be sat here now because I um, met my friend Tommy at uni who gave us the opportunity to go on Gogglebox. Ah, yes, okay. Because that was like a total sort of fluke that he rang us one day and was like, you know loads of people, I've got this job um, where I'm like casting people for a show where you watch the telly. I was like, oh my word, it'll make shows about anything. <laughs> people watching the telly? We're going to be watching people watching the telly. Um, and we, I couldn't find anyone. Everyone was like, no, I don't want to do it. Yeah. So he was like, can you and your family just, you know, like audition? And all I was right. like, well, no, because we don't want to be on the telly. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. You won't be. Like, it'll just be all in-house. Like, no one will ever see it. No. And then they came to the house um, and they showed us, like, little clips of the telly and then they showed us, like cards of people of celebrities and we had to talk about them and that was on the saturday and then on the monday we got a phone call saying yeah you're on the show can you film tomorrow no and then it was my dad that persuaded me and my mum because we've got 50 quid and a free takeaway so we were like why not brilliant <laughs> that's such a sliding doors moment yeah it really is i can't wow. like i think i would just still be enjoying life as a primary school teacher yeah. Probably still have ended up with Scott. I don't know if yeah. too much would have changed. What takeaway <laughs> did you choose? Oh, we used to get absolutely fish and chips, <laughs> uh, dominoes, chicken kebabs, a lot. <laughs> but, like, one of my... And I really want to try and recreate this with our little boy when he's born. One of my favourite memories from being a kid is my dad used to hide behind um, the bathroom door... And my mum would be in the bathroom and she'd be like, come quick, Scarlett, come quick. And he would pretend to have fell down the plug hole. And he used to do like a squeaky voice and he used to be like, help, help, I'm down the plug hole. And so I'd have to go in search of like things that we could like try and dangle down the plug hole. And then he'd just stand in the bath and my mum would be like, oh, don't worry, I've pulled him out. And I'd be like, oh, dad, you really had us worried there. I thought you were, thought you were a goner. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> 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 oh, so this is my this is my dance school. Yes. So the studio, Diane White's Academy of Dance. Yeah. Is that what it was when you? Yeah, were it was young as well. So when were you here? So I first came here when I was like four years old, and then until I was like seventeen, and yeah, just ballroom and Latin dancing. But it was like such a. This is where I sort of learnt like a bit of confidence like in yeah. being a little bit of a geeky kid because as well strictly wasn't on ballroom and latin was sort of like an old foggy dance mm. but i just absolutely fell in love with it and yeah like this is where this was like my escape really like my social side of life but oh i just loved cha 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 and waltzing yeah. and it was just so fun we're just looking at the um front entrance of the studio and actually it says the studio doesn't it it's got this sort of yeah. old school plaque and it oh. says line dancing salsa club old time ballroom sequence and latin oh look at it oh so many memories yeah do you think how much do you think that those years like shaped you oh i think they massively i don't think i would have dared done tv no. if i hadn't have done dancing yeah because it's sort of like you're still you but you're sort of like you like an alter ego I suppose yeah. like you you can be like oh well it's fine because 
this is like dancing version me. Yeah. And I think sort of I bring a bit of my dancing version me in yeah. TV, like a bit of like jazz hands and yeah. The heightened version. Yeah, the definitely. The version of you. Yeah, the Barocca version. Yeah, yeah Pro Plus Scarlet. Yeah, that's so <laughs> Oh, that true. brings so many memories. Are you? I want you my go little at... boy to dance. Yeah, I really yeah, do. That's I want nice. him to learn how to. How do we put this as my dance oh. teacher? Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Hello, are Hi. you all right? Hi. <laughs> are you all right? Hi, my darling. Mwah. How are you? Yeah, How's really that? good. Yeah, really good. Thank you. We're just talking about old times at the dancing. Oh, no. So know. many amazing ones. So, Diane, who was my dance teacher, is actually my little sister's godmother. No. As well, yeah. Wow. So, it's just like. And yeah. Scarlett's mum's my son's yeah. godmother. Oh, yeah. Wow. It was just like, we just spent all of our time with each other, didn't we? We did. It was so lovely. Yeah, yeah it's really nice. We got, well, we've just been to see primary school, Timothy Hackworth. We're just going on a little bit of a... Road trip. Yeah, road trip down memory oh, lane, yeah. How much has Scarlett changed in your she eyes? Hasn't. <laughs> she hasn't. She hasn't. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I, I think what you see is what you get. I think you've definitely brought out confidence in us because I remember sort of. She used to walk in and her head was down like oh, this. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. did. Yeah, I don't know. Something just clicked in us one day and I just realised, like, oh, oh, you can just do. Yeah, and you then can I. can do this. Oh, well, I'll let you go to Asda. Oh, well, I'll let you Give us a on. kiss. Mwah. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Nice See you later. later. <laughs> Look, you later. her number plate even okay. says one, two, three, cha. Oh. Like cha cha cha. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's so nice to hear as well that you really and they really saw a difference in your confidence. Yeah, that's why I think I just like encourage anyone like with little ones to just have like have a hobby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dance was was life. Completely. And you had and two major competitions a year. Wow. And you were just like at Blackpool at Winter Gardens and then at Blackpool Tower. And like your whole year would just be training. For them dance competitions. Oh, and my best friend Sarah, she used to live just at the end of this street here opposite oh, the primary really? school, which was very handy. Yeah, yeah. Very handy having, yeah, a friend who lived opposite the school. So that was, that took you up to, where were you there then? What was that, up until 11? 11, yeah. And then, and then I guess you went to senior school. Yes, was that and then... close to here? Yeah, it was actually. It was, uh, it's not, well, it's sort of there, but it's got a different name now. Right. Um, it was quite a sort of, um, how do I, like, Ofsted didn't like the school. Right, <laughs> okay, way, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> it was one of them ones. Yeah. But, you know, I, I do think as well, you know, if you want to learn, you, like, you will even if things aren't as easy you know yeah. like I think it's I think I was really lucky and privileged that I had a family that really sort of helped me do well and stuff and I'm aware that not everyone sort of has that so that's why schools are really important and why they should yeah. you know, be well funded because if you don't have a good support network that's the only place yes. that you've got opportunity to, to try and do well whereas it wasn't the best secondary school really and how was that I know that there was one school that you left yeah was it that one no I actually left a good school to go to that school but I was just so badly bullied right um, it was sort of like a last resort really it didn't I didn't really want to and at the time I felt like oh you know I'm leaving secondary school and am I doing the right thing am I quitting 
Um, but I think sometimes, and, and as I've grown up, I've realised that actually, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is walk away. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that you're a weak person. Sometimes that can be the hardest thing, actually, is to start again. Whether that's schools or relationships or anything, sometimes that can be the really sort of, like, hard, defining moments in your life. Yeah. Um, but I, I felt like I made the right decision for me because then I went on and sort of really enjoyed secondary school, really enjoyed learning, yeah, made friends for really life. Good. So, yeah, I felt like I did the right the right thing. My dad used to always say that um, bullies are like sandpaper. The more they wear you down, the more polished you become. And Such I think that's, yeah, really, that's really true. That needs to be on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we could start an Etsy shop and sell those. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it right now. From our Rover 25. <laughs> I still love that we're in a Rover 25. <laughs> I love it. You were obviously really close to your dad. He's, he's come up a lot in your conversation. What was your family atmosphere like? as a child just so much fun you know I've got a really young family and it's only as I've gotten older I've realised just how young you know in comparison to my friends that my family are so my nan is actually only 68 so she had my mum she'd just turned 16 my mum had me when she'd just turned 19 um, and my dad was 22 so yeah you know I I remember being at my mum's 30th birthday which is crazy now but I just you know, that felt really sort of like, not like the norm for me. Yeah. But I think in doing that, we sort of weirdly grew up together, yeah. me, my mum and dad. Um, and like, even though, you know, they are very parenty, as in they've always got their advice and things, I feel really lucky that like, they are like my best pals. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just love spending time. Like, honestly, we just have this weird sense of humour that not a lot of other pe- even Scott now even though Scott and me have been together five years and you know we always do everything together sometimes they'll just go I just don't understand what you're laughing at <laughs> and I'm like maybe it's just a Moffat thing maybe you just have to be in our family and a bit warped yeah. to get up a sense of humour that's so nice <laughs> and I love the fact that you know that obviously really came across on Gogglebox oh thanks and where are we near your house then? Yeah, your so old house or your old current? house. So it's just at the top. Yeah, this was my old house. So this was the second house I ever lived in. Wow. So from what age did you say? So eleven. Or third house actually, because when I was a baby, I lived in Bishop as well. There it is. The what one number? with like thirty-six. Oh look. So that was the Gogglebox house. No. Yeah. So like. So like. It, they used to like zo- zone in on the front and be like the Moffat family wow. <laughs> yeah and that was the front room that we used to film in yeah I feel like it it needs more singing and dancing like... should have a like little goggle box yeah I agree on, shouldn't it? yeah, yeah. I feel but like we it... haven't filmed now for seven years does it feel like, no. like that long and you know what I think because they play sort of repeats all the time still people come up and like talk about Gogglebox and I'm like and they're like how's your mum and dad and I'm like yeah they're really good now I think they still think I live with my mum and dad and I'm like no that we haven't filmed for like seven years 
but yeah, I've got a lot. I, I owe a lot to Gogglebox, actually. It really did change sort of the course of my life. But this was such a fun street to grow up in. Like, a couple of doors up um, was my friend Craig. And we used to, like, whenever it was sunny, have proper sort of, like, water fights. And, yeah, it was just really... Does he still live there? He doesn't, actually. <laughs> we all sort of moved at the same time. But, yeah, it was just, like, such a lovely, lovely street to live in. Was there a dramatic change when you started Gogglebox in your world, or, or was it...? Not straight away. I would say, actually, that sort of it was the same. I was working as a primary school teacher. Right. Then I started working for the DSA, which is, like, sort of for disabled or SEN children that go to university or higher education, and I started working there. would get on the bus to go to work on my friend Ivo at the end of the month when I didn't have enough money for the bus tickets, Ivo would pick us up, which I'm always grateful for. And no, like, people would sometimes chat at work about it. They'd be like, oh, I watched you on that show. And and then Gogglebox sort of changed to being on just before Alan Carr's Chatty Man on a Friday. Right. And that's when, all of a sudden, it was, like, just, like, walking into a brick wall of like this everything's changed like wow. I just remember walking through Asda to go to the bus stop and like missing my bus because loads of people were coming over like, asking for photos because then social media started becoming yeah. a bit more of a thing yeah so what how long had you been on Gogglebox then by this point like two years oh. yeah two years and then yeah people would be wanting to chat and stuff like that and then yeah just felt different you know nice different I wish I'd been prepared a bit more, you know. But I think for sort of like a 23-year-old, I was like, this is this is a bit much, this. I don't know how to sort of handle it. But then I got offered to go on I'm a Celebrity and I turned it down the first time. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I was just like, God, I just watched the telly. Like, I don't... Like, no-one's going to know who I am and stuff. And then I got asked the year after and that's when I said yeah I thought I love the show I'd be silly not to do it how obvious is it on when you're on the set in the camp how obvious is it that it's an actual set like are there boom operators are there lights no so actually I feel like I'm a celebrity is one of those shows where it's just got it so right like you you literally feel from the moment that you uh sort of taken to wherever it is you're going you've given blindfolds you've put like head muff things on so you can't hear anything then you meet your campmates and then you're just driven like you don't you're driving around for ages in the back of a van like not knowing where you are you get into camp you feel miles away from anywhere and after I actually when I did the extra camp show for a couple of years after I realized you're not that far away from yeah. like McDonald's and stuff but it really feels like you are but everything's hidden like you can't see any cameras even when you go and do trials and there's cameramen um they're not allowed to talk to you and they have like stickers over the watches yeah. so you don't even know what time it is yeah. so you do really feel like I am stuck in the middle of a jungle that's so good. Yeah, but then it meant deciding whether to give up Gogglebox yeah. or not. So it was like a really big decision. Wow. Because we love doing it as a family. Um, but my mum my, and dad always said, like, that they would never sort of just do it them 
too. Like, yeah. they were like, oh, what, yeah, that's okay. our stint on telly over. You know what I mean? Yeah. We weren't like... And think, had life changed for them as well? No, many. not as much, you know. Not as much. I was always a bit envious of that, actually, at the beginning. Really? Yeah, because I was like, yeah, like, I don't know if it's because they were older, um, but it just always felt like something to chat about to their friends, you know? Yeah. Rather than sort of, like, getting asked for selfies and stuff. Like, I remember ordering a pizza and getting, like, papped getting the pizza from the door and sort of that being on the front page of the sun. And I always remember thinking, God, I live such a boring life, and yet, like, people seem to want to know about it. And I think that's what I couldn't get my head around. I think it was more actually internally that I sort of suffered from imposter syndrome I think you know lots of nice things were happening for me and because to me I'm just like every other one like everyone be like oh you like you know the people say I was funny and stuff and I'd be like but I'm no funnier than all my friends like it's genuinely just a northern thing I just happen to be on a show that like showcases that but I think I got imposter syndrome I think I would worry like Oh, I'm gonna get found out, and they're all gonna find out that actually I'm like, just really like boring. <laughs> I think that's what it was. So I think maybe, I don't know, just someone else who was in the industry to talk about it with. Yeah. I think that would have really helped me. Most people, I guess, stereotypically would have just had a quote normal life before something like this happening. But it doesn't sound like you did. Yeah, I mean, I had a. F- I mean, I, I still feel like I had a really sort of like lucky upbringing you know like I feel like um a few things happened like my dad got cancer and you know he but it was sort of wrapped around his spine so they didn't know if if they operated you know that he would make it and that was over Christmas and I remember that being really hard and he actually came home on Christmas Eve and he was like my best friend so I feel like that happened and then because of that happening I then developed tics and got Bell's palsy um which yeah that was lots of stuff happened within a year so that happened that happened and then I was in a um bike accident where I smashed all my front teeth so that sort of all happened while sort of getting bullied not like a sob story or anything but just a lot happened in a short space of time that I think I never really sort of you know, I just sort of got on with it because I just wanted all them feelings to go away. I think when then I started seeing that people had opinions of me online and, and you know, the press and stuff and never read the Daily Mail comments because they're never very nice, mm. uh, but no one warned me about that, that I think those memories came back and all of a sudden I felt like I was being bullied again and that mm. actually what they were saying was right and I didn't deserve all these wonderful things happening to me. Mm. You know, I should have been in, on top of the world but really, like, I was just like, oh, what is happening? This is so scary. But I didn't want to tell anyone. I didn't want to be a burden and be like, I'm actually really finding this hard because everyone was so proud of me that I felt like I couldn't let them down. So I had to just sort of, like, pretend I was super happy. And it was actually the Samaritans charity that really helped us. And I remember, like, sort of going to ring them a few times and putting the phone down and not knowing what to say. Um and then just talking to this lovely woman on the phone and like yeah just it just genuinely like really helped and that's why if like a couple of years later once I was all sorted because that gave us sort of the motivation I needed to tell my family how I was feeling and 
then get help of you know actually like going to my GP mm. um that then I, I messaged Samaritans on Instagram I was like if there's any way I can ever help you please let me know and then I became an ambassador for Samaritans which was really lovely because I felt like it went really full circle and I really hope that people you know even though mine's a bit unique I think we've all at some point felt you know a little bit lost or a little bit lonely or you know a bit of imposter syndrome that you it can get better like you're not always going to feel in a place where it feels like you can't quite climb out of that hole so no I feel like yeah Samaritans are your or a lot too I feel like you really haven't lost sight of the giving back side of your world. Oh, I think to be honest with you, like, because a lot of people always like, to, to me, the worst critique I could ever get is that like, oh, you're different to what you come across. Or, like, do you know what I mean? Or, like, if all of a sudden my mum and dad start being like, oh, you're getting a bit big for your boots. Like, I would hate that. So I just try and, like, not be um, not be an a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a pretty, like, easy way. I think it's it's harder living your life, like, being angry in that all the time. And not, yeah. like, I don't know. I just feel like that would be more exhausting than actually just, like, just yeah. trying to enjoy, like, every day stuff but you do seem to still be really like grateful for it which I I would imagine that's quite easy to lose sight of oh I'm just I just feel like well sometimes like especially like being pregnant and hormonal like sometimes I do sort of walk around my house and, and like just think I can't believe that like this is where I live or this is my job and I hope that never goes. I hope I always feel, like, really lucky. Like, I constantly feel like a competition winner. Like, I genuinely do feel like I've won, like, won that life. Yeah, that's really I do really, like, feel like that. And, I yeah, like I say, I hope that never, ever goes. Even, like, when I do shows, like, Anna, Blankety Blank, and I'm like, as if I'm doing Blankety Blank. (laughs) And you're about to become a mother. So, you know, all of those messages that you, you know, would want to give your younger self, you sort of have the opportunity to tell your younger self because he's about to... Oh, I'm excited for that. I'm so excited to be a mum. I never, ever... I never knew if it would be on the cards. Yeah, honestly, when me and Scott found out that I was pregnant, I, I don't think I've ever been so shocked in my life. Really? Yeah. And what, so what went through your mind? Just pure joy, actually, which oh, is when nice. I realised, like, oh, I must really want to be a mum because yeah. there was not one sort of moment where I was like, oh. Yeah. Is, you know, I was just like, oh, we, we're going to have we're gonna have a baby. And weirdly, I just sort of knew. We, we went on holiday and um, I was like, oh, I just don't really want to, I don't want to drink or anything. I just feel a bit different. Yeah. And then I ordered, when we got back, I ordered pregnancy tests off Amazon. <laughs> Scott opened the pass. He was like, what are these? And I was like, the pregnancy test. He was like, why? And I was like, I don't know. I just have a feeling. Yeah. That. And it's so weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When I told my mum that, she was like, no. You, I was like, honestly, mum, I was like, I felt like yeah. I was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And also, you're, you're, you've got a really open mind. The fact that you're really interested in 
you know, the psychic and, and oh, all of those yeah. sorts of things. I think that leaves you open to being a bit more in tune. Yes, yeah, Scott Plus, laughs when I put my um when I put my crystals out on a oh, full yeah, moon. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, you need to open your third eye, Scott. And he's like, I wish you wouldn't say that in public. I'm like, what you do? You just need to open your third eye more. You've got to charge your crystals, darling. It's full moon. <laughs> he wants them. Um, you know, like the ring doorbells, you know, yeah. where like thing. He was, um, <laughs> he rang us. It was like half, half midnight. And he was like, what are you doing in the garden? I was like, it's a harvest moon, Scott. I'm manifesting. It was like, jeez, Louise. He was like, because he was at work. He was like, I keep getting that the garden sensors are going off. He was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking about things that I want to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm right get it. there with you. Yeah. I think you're either all in yeah. or there's no in between. You can't be like, oh, yeah, I sort of believe in manifesting that. You're either all in or you just don't get it at all. Yeah, which but that's interesting because you didn't manifest your goggle box journey. No, but, but that was a what would that have been a fate thing or what? Maybe, yeah, actually. After I started on goggle box, I did start um writing a book in the mm-hmm. hope that one day I would get a book published. Um and on it I had my top 3 dream jobs and one was to be Ant and Dex sidekick. Which wow. sort of come true yeah. on Saturday Night Takeaway. Yeah. And um, another one was uh, to be a radio presenter, which I went on to do for Capital North East. And then the other one was to become Queen of the Jungle one day. Wow. So I do feel like I sort of... And that yeah. was before I knew about manifesting. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? I also put on chocolate taster, which hasn't happened yet, actually. But, but it still one can. Day, <laughs> I'm still waiting for that one to come true. So my my nanny just lives up there. Your nan? Yeah, my literally that house there. My little nan oh, and my granda. What's her name? She's called, so they're called Christine, um, and Tommy. Smiles. Hi, Christine and Tommy. Mr. Smiles. Yeah. I love that. Who live in fairy tale land? <laughs> You're a real advocate for empowering women. Oh, you? Do you? I try to. I, I, I think there's a there's a fine line. I just feel like we get such a hard time without like being like, oh, what is us? What is women? Like, I do feel like we have it really hard in sort of every aspect of our life. And I think the sooner you realise that you can sort of never win to everyone else, and you've got to just accept yourself, I think that it, life becomes a lot more peaceful. Is there a lot of pressure that comes with that role model sense? I think, for me, I find it good pressure because I think it makes us actually, like, not overthink, but I I do think, right, am I showing, like, my real self here? You know, like, rather than sort of, like, a polished version all the time. And also, you know, just thinking, reflecting back on how you were talking about when you know the stuff that you were going through when you were 11 12 how much harder that would have been if you'd had social media on top oh, I can't even I can't even imagine in that like I grew up like going metal detecting building forts being outside playing like my whole life wasn't just tech mm. whereas obviously with my little sister having like a 16 year age gap between us I can see how much it sort of like dominates just her and her friends lives do you give her advice I mean, she often gives me advice. She's quite, yeah, she's uh, she switched on Ave. Ave is 
unapologetically yourself. And I'd like Aww. to think a bit of that comes from me. Yeah. Um, and my mum and dad. But yeah, she's she, like when I was a kid, I tried to fit in. Whereas Ava's just not bothered. Like she's got her friends, and they're all very different. And she's just like, well, why would I want to pretend to be someone else? Because then they not don't really like us anyway. And I'm like. Yes, but it's took me a long time to figure that out. You figured it out at such a young age. Yeah, very that's envious. good. You have a lot of trans and drag friends, don't you? Yes, try and be a massive ally for the yeah. LGBTQ plus community. My little sister's gay. She came out to us last year, which was really lovely that she felt like, you know, she'd just turned 16, that she could, you know, share that and know... And my dad said the perfect thing. He just went, because she sort of sat us all down in this really formal way, which is not my little sister at all. I think we all started really panicking of what she was going to tell us. And as soon as she just said, oh, I'm, I'm gay, my dad was like, oh, is that it? No. I thought it was going to be something bad. She, and I was like, oh, dad, you couldn't have said like a more perfect <laughs> thing there. That's because so it, I think she just instantly like felt relieved. Um but yeah, like all, I would, like my best friends are yeah all drag queens. Miss Tess Tickle. Miss Tess Tickle, that's amazing. <laughs> Miss Emma Royd. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Miss Cara and Gucci Gabor. God, I'm je- <laughs> jealous that I don't have a, a drag name. Oh, what would you drag? See, I, I always need think one. mine would be Donna Kebab Do- <laughs> because I feel like I quite look like a Donna, and then to add yeah Donna Kebab, she's like a little bit trashy little bit classy depends <laughs> what time of the night it is yours I do could be like hmm, yours could be like because sort of like you're into cars and travelling all that yours could be Miss Caravan like Caravan Caravan <laughs> Miss Caravan and Donna Kebab on okay. tour there yeah. you go out out I like that out out <laughs> and our theme is oh we have to have a theme yeah. <laughs> we have to always have a theme uh, put, aliens and unicorns oh yeah I love a unicorn yeah do they exist I'd like to think they did at one point yeah there's no way someone I think they're just really thin rhinos do you know what I mean yeah someone just seen a really thin rhino and yeah. I, I think we'll call that a unicorn yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love them to be real like I just think what is a world without a bit of magic and a bit of like you know mystique so, uh, presumably, you know, you, this area you know well. Yeah, so this area I know well. Um, one, because my mum and dad just live on that street up there. And secondly, it's got the best fish and chip shop in the world. There it is. Oh. Just up there. But opposite there is the ch- the hospital that I was born at. And then just on this side of the street is the church that I was christened at. No. Everything's so close together. Going on this trip has made me realise how dinky County Durham is. <laughs> it's only tiny. I love the fact that where we are right now as well, you've got children playing outside the house. Oh, yeah. You know? It's still like a big thing up here. I used to love playing out as a kid. Yeah, me too. Used to build forts all the time. Mm. Loads of forts. Here it is, beetles. Do you see the little okay. the little fish sign outside? Look, yeah. Brings me so much joy when I can see that little fish. What's it like inside? It's only dinky, but it's 
it's just beautiful. Oh. It's such a beautiful fish and chip shop. As a kid, when I lived at Children, we lived opposite a chip shop uh, called Betty's Fish Shop. Right. And we used to literally go in and just ask for a bag of scraps. <laughs> when I think back now, like, it's literally batter. Like, we're literally oh, just eating batter. Just but it was bit. so nice. And then for temp bench, you could get a, a massive, and I mean either a massive pickled onion or a massive pickled egg. Oh, oh. I know, we're all just running, nice. a, running around stinking, really. <laughs> <laughs> Making farts, playing out, eating pickled onions and pickled eggs. Live <laughs> the <a> dream. <laughs> Are you all that you like County Durham? I absolutely love it. Yeah. I feel like sometimes in the media, like the North East is like really portrayed in like a bad way. No, not at all. And, that, and yeah. that's why I really wanted, when I did Scarlet's Driving School, I really wanted to like shine a light on like the people and the scenery and what we had to offer. Because often it's just, when you're on the, on the telly, like up north, it's just police interceptors. So it's like crime stuff. Or it's like people on benefits. And it's like, you know, it, it's not, it, even, there's just such a sense of community and it's such a wonderful place to live that, so much more than that. So any opportunity I can where I get to talk about the North. Yeah. How has it been taking a trip around your... Hey, look at the car we're in. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I felt 17 again sitting in this car. <laughs> and it is really crazy sort of being in this car as a woman now with a baby from Scott when he used to, you know pick me up in this with a bit of MC in the background. So, yeah, I thought I was going to cry when I first sat in. I was like, oh, this feels amazing. Um, but, no, it's been lovely showing you around. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you. I still can't believe you've found this car. It's great, isn't it? It's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Enjoy your, enjoy your amazing, <laughs> spectacular chip sensation. Thank you, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much to Scarlett Moffat for showing me around her beautiful town of Bishop Auckland and enlightening me on some of the local delicacies. You can see exclusive footage of the drive by heading to the Auto Trader socials. Look at the episode page for links. You'll also be able to see the Rover 25 that truly took Scarlett back to her teenage years. And if you're looking for a new vehicle, you can find your perfect match at autotrader.co.uk.